This is the air check. The air check. The air check with Mike Lemons. The air check with Mike Lemons. Hello and welcome into another edition of the air check. My name is Mike Lemons. This is a show where we kind of talk to former graduates of our program, follow their careers, maybe catch up on some of the time uh, when they were here and they tell the stories and uh, we just have a lot of fun. Today, we're talking to not only a former student, but a former instructor in our program, um, one of my very first students a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, he's with us here now, and it's Tim Albright. Tim, hey, buddy, thanks for joining me. Long, long time ago, absolutely. I, I, I neither of us had gray hair when uh, when I started. Well, apparently you don't either. I said, no, right here, dude. Right, like oh, okay. right here. My kids I just cut out. mine really short, so you can't really tell too right. much. I didn't need glasses then either. So. <laughs> So uh, Tim's with us this morning, and Tim, you know, let's um, we're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, in this half hour or so. Um, we're doing this video podcast, and it's something that uh, you had an eye on long, long ago uh, when you finally left being an instructor to um, uh, pursue it full time. So mm-hmm. you're going to be the expert on what we're doing right now to, to talk about how we move forward, not only in our radio program, but uh, just in general with media, yeah. something you've been doing new for a while. Uh, we'll also talk about your time when you taught here, um, because that was a long period of time as well. Mm-hmm. And, and just to tell the story for everyone out there, when Tim was a student, um, you could tell early on with production, audio production, that um, all I needed was for you to get credentials because I was going to bring you back to teach because you were that good at it. Well, thank you, sir. Um, so once you got your credentials, credentials, which I believe was KMOX, and a few yeah. months at KMOX, that was pretty easy. Yeah. You know, he works at KMOX. It's good enough to bring him on as a teacher. So, um, and then you started this company called AV Nation, yeah. which uh, the president, uh, CEO of AV Nation now, um, which is basically, um, let me see if I can get it right, and yeah. you, can, you can clean it up. It's, it's finding out what's going on in the audiovisual industry, mm-hmm. letting other people within the industry know what's going on, and then your company kind of promotes what those companies are doing. Yeah. Is that close? That's close. All right. Well, yeah. expand. I, I, I tell folks that we are the, the, uh, the NBC News or the, or the CNN of the AV industry, right? So we do the primary content that we do are audio and video podcasts, right? Uh, there are some great magazines out there that write really great, and I, I point to them as the New York Times, right? right. And so we're, we're the audio and video part of that. Um, we interview some, some great um, um, AV in, uh, industry pros, all right, uh, that know what's going on. We we do a, a number of, of, of podcasts that are kind of down the tail. And if you're not familiar with that phrase, it's a uh, a book by the name of, of uh, the Clue Train Manifesto, probably, probably 20 years ago now, where you find a niche uh, industry or you niche uh, a niche market, and you go farther down that tail. The farther down you that tail you go, your audience will be smaller, but they'll be more valuable, right? Uh, both from a marketing standpoint and, and um, but also from a um, a, uh, a power standpoint or, or an importance standpoint. So we have some that go farther, even farther down the tail of just AV in general. And AV is pretty far down the tail. It's kind of a subset of, of technology over here, right? Because uh, we're talking about speakers and projectors and TVs and stuff like that, but on a corporate space, on a, on a, on a larger uh, level. Um, and so it's kind of down here. Then we get into things like, like lighting specifically or control and automation specifically, stuff like that. Um, and so we interview these folks and, and we ask them, you know, what's, why does this news matter? Um, last week we do a weekly one. I do a weekly one on Fridays last week, right before we went to, 
to, to record. Uh, one of the biggest names and one of the biggest CEOs in the industry announced his retirement after 30 plus years. And so we swung that in and we say, okay, you know, here's our, here's our guest, here's our panel. Why does it matter that this person's retiring? What did this person have? What, per, what impact did this person have on the industry? And so it gives kind of folks who are in the industry the opportunity to kind of see, okay, here's a quick 20, 30 minutes on a weekly basis, Monday morning as I'm driving into work. Uh, here's the news and here's why it matters to me. So when talking about podcasting in general, because mm-hmm. that's, that's an element, right? Um, this was something that you had students do yep. when you were an instructor here. Uh, podcasting's always been that, but we've never had it as a standalone thing or had it equal to radio, Yeah, right? And podcasting really is just uh, radio on demand. Yeah. I mean, basically on it a particular is. topic. Uh, you have a format, you have what you want to do, you know, you have um, uh, a particular target audience, all that's in the same play, but it's just on demand. So um, you left here, man, or you started the company when? 2011, so 10 years ago. 2011, so 10 years ago, everybody knows what a podcast is now. There are millions of them out there. People listen to them all the time. You had this vision of, what you wanted to do was starting this podcast, and this podcast kind of led to the company, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we um, at the time, I was, um, I was working here, so here at Lewis & Clark, I, I kind of went from radio broadcasting and, and, and you know, radio stations in St. Louis. I, I came back here to my alma mater doing AV, doing audiovisual, um, and I wanted a, a news program. I wanted something that on a weekly basis kind of gave me a synopsis of, a, uh, of, of what was going on, and there, didn't want ex- there, there wasn't one that existed. There were several other podcasts that looked at gear, right? This is this XYZ speaker, and this is why it's cool, right? But nothing was, was really exactly what I wanted, and so quite frankly, as somebody who has grown up and been taught and, and, and gone some, and had some great mentors, I created it, right? If it's not there, if it's something that you're interested in, there's a good chance that there's some other folks that are interested in, go ahead and create it, right? And so that's what we did. Uh, social media was becoming more and more prevalent. Twitter, Twitter was becoming more and more active, especially in the audiovisual space. And so I was able to network from a national standpoint that way. And so very, very few of, of my guests over the last 10 years have been local to me, have been in studio. The vast majority of that we've, we've done, we started out with Skype, right, 10 years ago. Sure. That migrated into Google Hangouts. That migrated into Zoom. Uh, and now we've gone to a completely different uh, platform called Riverside. But all of this has been re- remote, right, because, you know, I, I don't have the capital nor uh, the wherewithal to fly, you know, these people from, you know, last week it was, you know, Orlando, um, Chicago, and Southern California, right? Those were my th- where my three guests physically were located. Uh, we've had people from Nigeria. We've had people from Dubai and from, you know, Germany. So it's, it's you know, the, given us the ability to really kind of reach out and bring people from literally all over the world into our little niche industry and kind of give them the opportunity and, and a platform to, uh, to talk to, you know, the industry. You know, picking back on that is doing this podcast here, catching up with former students, um, bringing in people from Phoenix, Arizona and Cincinnati, Ohio and, you know, Boston. We could always do that in radio, right? We can always pull someone over phone and the quality of audio would not be great. And that was something that would happen. I, I can tell you that, you know, as unfortunate as COVID was and is, um, the changes it made us go through here at Lewis and Clark and instructing and going on the air from home and things we didn't even realize that we could do. 
or if we could, it'd be very, very expensive to do. And why do that? We have studios coming to the studios. It wasn't until we were forced to learn that we could do things differently that we started doing things differently. I think people in the media profession as a whole, when you get so used to doing something for so long a certain way and it works, whether it's printing something on a newspaper and delivering it to someone or it is the only way you can access music is by buying an album or a CD, right? To where you fight people who come up with better ways and give them lawsuits because there's, you know, file sharing and, and whatever else. And for years in class, I have taught how, you know, traditional media, um, if they fail to adapt, just because you've always done it this way from a technological standpoint, doesn't mean that you can't change it. And then we became guilty of that here in this program. So even though we had some video production classes and we taught podcasting within a production, audio production class, you know, it was still the radio station that was a driver. Mm-hmm. COVID happens and it realized all these different things that we can do and go, wow, why weren't we doing this long ago? A couple of reasons. One, though, is right, cost. Oh, yeah. um, I, I can't believe the cost of things and how much they're coming down. And you can speak to that. Um, but we were just in my office looking at another video, a switching a piece of equipment called yeah. an ATEM that can do many, many things that's much better than what we were doing with our video uh, when we had a television station here. So um, I guess my question is really, wasn't a question, it was a statement, but the changing technology, but being ahead of it, you were doing it 10 years ago and being ahead of what happens. So you have seen a vast change because it's kind of what you do. I was slapped in the head with a global pandemic to realize what we needed to do. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's not, I mean, I think, I think I, I mean, I've been incredibly lucky in my life, right? I mean, you mentioned the fact that I worked at KMOX. My first job, my first full-time job um, out of, well, my first job period in radio was, was KMOX, and that was incredibly lucky, right? I had met the right people. Yes, I had a, a certain skill set thanks to this program, but it was still, you know, meeting the right people at the right time and, and, and being incredibly blessed in that manner. Uh, and that allowed me to have a full-time job at KMOX and so on and so forth. When it comes to podcasting, I fell, I fell in love with it because I fell in love with, with, with broadcasting and content creation 20 years ago, 20-plus years ago, actually. Uh, 22 years ago is when we all graduated. Um, and this was another mechanism. It was another vehicle. It was an outlet for me, right? I, I had the technical knowledge, uh, a base technical knowledge. I am not an engineer. Um, but I had the base technology go, okay, I need to take a microphone and I need to get into a computer so I can edit it. And then I need to get somebody over here who's not physically here somehow, some way, right? And that computer needs to get also into that recording gear. And so I could kind of cobble that together and figure it out. There are folks now, which 10, 15 years after the fact, they've got entire systems, entire, you know, um, products, right? This, this room is, an, is a testimony to that. The, the, the device across the room, Blackmagic has made a, a business, incredible business. Blackmagic is the company that makes the ATEM um, of taking something that 20 years ago, which would have been incredibly expensive, and given it, you know, done things and, and engineered it in such a way that the, the mass of, of folks can really create some really, really incredible things. They have a line of 4K cameras that are not going to kill you. Yes, it's expensive and it's, it's actually more, sure, right. but, but it's less expensive than the average, right? Same thing with that switcher across the hall. You, you, the, the TV station that was here at Lewis and Clark, the last couple of, of, of switchers that we purchased were somewhere 
in the neighborhood of about 15 to 16 times what you paid for that one, right? right? Mm-hmm. So understand that, that, that those things, those costs have come down certainly, but the, the, the folks um, that design these have seen, has seen this as an actual business, right? They've seen podcasting as a viable business and, 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 and podcasts like Serial certainly helps when you have a, the first podcast that, that gets over a million downloads for the first time, right? right. And you have Gimlet getting, getting purchased by Spotify and you have the New York Times with their entire um, cadre of, of, of podcasts, and NPR and other ones as, as well, like the, you know, Fox News and, and, and any, any sort of media company nowadays, they have a podcast segment. Well, because of that, you've got technology companies that are producing products, right? Right. Here, you know, uh, the, the microphone we're talking into is a Shure, M, um, a Shure SM7B, right? This is a broadcast microphone. Sure, because of the podcast market, came out with a USB version it called an MV7. Right. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it has the built-in devices that you can plug a USB in, and this can magically automatically become your computer microphone. Well, why they do that? Because there's a market. Sure, right. sure. Wow. I, I mean, it's just a lot when you think about it. And, yeah. and I remember making a phone call to you um, a little over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, we shut down. We can't come back on campus. We have to start doing things remotely. And I'm like, Tim, how do you talk to all these people? What do you do? And you go... I oh, use Zoom, and I went. Oh, okay. I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that, right? Yeah. And I've done a million Zoom things, and I've taught other people how to use Zoom. And go. Oh, here's some cool things you can do with your right. But you probably had to think at that time, man. This guy is pretty lost and doesn't know where to take this. The amount of what we've learned in that period of time, and then luckily, you know, grant funds, federal grant funds that were available, allows us to purchase some of these things to not only just make audio podcasting. A standalone thing that anybody on campus can take now. Yeah. But a video podcasting do where you take it to the next level because when you look at our target demographic for our radio station, which has been the driver of our enrollment since I took over, um, you know, we're losing that audience because their eyes and ears are being pulled away and, and many and, and that's happened for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but we still gave away concert tickets, we still, you know, do remote broadcasting, we still are exciting. Pandemic hits, we can't do any of those things. So what are we offering people special? So, and what do we offer students special that they can't already do? I mean, these people are social media savvy and they're creating TikTok videos with all kinds of graphics and everything else. And what can we do to take the next level? So kind of moving it that way to where it's not radio and yeah, we can do some podcasting. It's radio (laughs) and changing and redefining what that is, you know, because we can still be a radio station and offer content, um, but also off of video at the same time. So, well, go, go ahead. I, was, I, I will slightly, not, not push back or disagree with you, but, but slightly adjust what you're saying here. It's, it, I know what you're saying, it's, it's radio, but it's not radio. Right? And, and where it goes is, is actually kind of where my career has gone. And that's where I would, I would couch it as just content creation, right? Mm-hmm. Content creation overarching. Um, this year, uh, I sold my company, uh, AV Nation, uh, to a, a, an audiovisual integrator in St. Louis called Conference Technology, CTI. Uh, as part of that purchase, I am now the chief marketing officer, which is really weird to say. <laughs> uh, and as, as a guy who was my teacher 20 years ago, probably right. very odd for you to hear, but I'm the CMO of, of CTI. Why did they do that, right? I have a good relationship with the guy who owns the company, great friend. We've, we've talked for years about me coming over. The reason he did that was because I have gotten really good at creating content. Sure. Right? 
and specifically for his market, right? For the audiovisual industry. That's what I'm still doing. I'm still creating content for the audiovisual industry. And, and AV Nation is certainly part of that, but we're also creating other things for his customers and his potential customers. Um, Virginia Kerr, who is a, a former um, a news anchor mm -hmm. here in St. Louis, she has a TikTok channel now showing other folks how to create TikToks. Well, how does she do that, right? Virginia right. Kerr has grown up a traditional media person, right? Right. I'm, you know, she went to a media school, got her, her, her bachelor's degree in, in broadcasting, was a news anchor at CBS here in St. Louis. Well, she's taking that experience and some of the crazy characters that she was doing and creating you know, content showing other people how to do what she's doing, right? What we're doing, talking about, is creating content. Right. right, and and I'll go back to the clue train clue train manifesto for a second. There was a broadcasting, you know, a broadcast. Right, that means as big a mass media as possible. Right, sure. mm -hmm. but every every manufacturer, every company on this planet has to make content. They have to connect with their clients. They have to connect with their partners. They have to connect with their employees. And the way they're going to do that is through the content that's come that comes out of their marketing and communications departments. I don't care what you call it, but there's a group of folks who's creating content, whether that's blog post, it's audio, it's video, it's graphics, it's this way to copywriters, really connect yeah, with folks. Yeah, mm -hmm. copywriters, certainly. Sure. But the folks that come through this program and programs like it, certainly, you, you may not end up on the, on the radio, you may not supplant Howard Stern, which when I was going to school, that was the thing. Right. But you certainly will have a career path and still be able to be creative and to work with a creative of team of folks. And I, and I think, you know, going along with that, and I, I think I was trying to say that, is we're going to create content. Yeah. And, and talking to you, right? We taught you a certain thing. Mm -hmm. What you were taught here, you built on and learned and did other things. You create really good content. You started creating content here. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed students who are doing things they never thought they would do, right? Somebody who's doing audio production to where when they did audio production here, it would never be thought of or someone who was on country radio, or someone who became um, um, a promotions person when all they wanted to do was be on air. So, but having that content creation too, I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of bad podcasts yeah, out there. Certainly. Simply because they're not storytellers, they don't know how to create content. Those are things we can teach people mm -hmm. no matter where it's being delivered. Yeah. Attracting people to, to the program, the radio station historically has always done that, right? Um, so it's changing what that mindset is. So it's trying to redirect it to say, Hey, yes, it's radio, but you can go on the air here and talk over music if you want. And people can watch you at the same time as you're connecting with the audience, yeah. or you can do something completely different. If you want to sit down and record a, an hour, uh, new music podcast every week and do it with video that can happen too. So yeah. morphing that it's just people like to think of media, especially traditional media. And it's, historic sense as opposed to what it really could be yeah. yeah you you the one thing that i think you and i talked about this years and years ago um because in, in addition to it's still hanging out it, it, you know i'm on the advisory um committee for the the program and sure. we started talking about you know changes to the program 10 15 years ago when the new york times started embedding video into their website right suddenly you're like okay it's not a newspaper Right, it's right. not a website. No. It's a media company. Sure, every media company is a media company. Sure. Right, it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. Yeah. Channel Five here in St. Louis, they have written content and video on their website. Well, that's because 
They've got written, you know, that you have writers as well as videographers. Same thing with KMOX here. They have audio, they have video, and they have written, right? Regardless of the media outlet, you have to be multidisciplined. So moving forward now, let's go back to AV Nation or go back to some of your other hats. Take us through the daily grind of that company. You do a lot of traveling, or at least you did prior to COVID, Mm -hmm. and that's probably going to ramp back up for you again soon. Um, But what were the early days like? How did the pandemic change it? What's it going to look like going forward? um, So early days (laughs) with with any company, uh, it was a grind, right? It was a a grind. It was... um, you know, uh, I still worked here up until a certain point. Um, I, I kind of um, left here as it, w- as it was kind of picking up. Um, but it was, I mean, we, we started with one podcast and within the end of the first year, um, we had a weekly and then we had probably four or five monthlies just because I was just like, I got this platform, anybody want to talk type thing. Um, and so that kind of evolved and we had a, a number of, of really great folks who came alongside me and I'm not great at web design, so we had some folks that did that, and I'm not great at, at this, that, and the other, so some folks that did that. Um, and then I, I think probably our biggest, like, holy crap moment um, was um, around 2014, 2015, um, the, the biggest audiovisual sh- trade show in the world is called Integrated Systems Europe, ISE. Uh, at the time, it was held in Amsterdam. And the, the, the gentleman that, that runs that show, the managing director, Mike Blackman, uh, he and I were at another show, and we started talking. He goes, well, why don't you come to, to ISC? I said, well, it's expensive, dude. You know, I said, it's, he goes, well, we, we'll get you media passes and stuff like that. He goes, you just got to get over there and, and, and figure that out. And so we kind of talked to our team, and I'm like, started crunching some numbers. I'm like, I need 10 grand. Like, I ain't got 10 grand. You ain't got 10 grand. Let's figure it out. So we did a Kickstarter. And I'm like, right, let's, see, let's see what our audience thinks. Let's see what the listeners think. And sure enough, in 30 days, we raised, we raised 10 grand. And it's one of those moments where you go sit back and go, oh, holy crap, uh, this is something, right? So people think this is something. Um, and so we went to Amsterdam, right? Uh, first time in my life I'd ever been to Europe. I'd never been out of the country uh, in a real sense. And so uh, it was pretty awesome. It was an incredible experience. And uh, we have gone ever since, uh, with the exception of, of this uh, 2021. Actually, 2020, was that was the last trade show we went to, uh, was ISE. Um, and so that just kind of built on itself. And I learned, you know, I, I, one of the classes I took with you was, was sales, right? And so I took some of those skills uh, and kind of, you know, made it my own and, and, and cobbled it together. Um, and so when, I, when we started selling more and, and bringing more people on, um, one of the first people that I brought in was, was a student from here, Mitchell Tulin, you know, and Mitchell's a great producer. Um, he's quiet, right? Sure. Uh, but, but he's br- brilliant. Yeah. Br- brilliant, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the odd thing about Mitchell is once you get him talking, you're going to laugh at some point, right? Because he's brilliant, right? Absolutely love Mitchell. And I remember calling you about him going, he's quiet dude, but he's really good. Yeah. So off of the air, I'll tell you a story about Mitchell in Amsterdam at a dinner, not (laughs) anything weird, not (laughs) anything weird. All right. Uh, but yeah, Mitchell was cracking up, right? He was, you know, we, we, was, we have like what we call family dinners, a bunch of friends getting together at the end of a show. and, And Mitchell was part of that. And. He's, you know, connecting with folks, which I think is, is freaking incredible, right? Um, and, and so that kind of evolved. And, and the year, so 2019, it was, you know, it was boom, 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 boom from, from about February until about November. Um, the last two years, uh, a buddy of mine, a cohort, um, he and I went to, to London uh, to 
do the the hosting of what would is considered in the AV industry kind of the AV Oscars. It's a, a European magazine called AV Magazine. They have the AV Magazine Awards. It is black tie. It is highfalutin. It's all this. So it's in London, right? Uh, well, Chris and I were brought over as the Americans and to do a kind of a play-by-play Oscar uh, Grammy type, you know, voiceover coverage of it uh, for two years, right? Uh, now, you know, these are, you know, they, they've connected with us. We've made good contacts and, and good um, relationships. But that kind of, you know, that kind of did, that was the, the kind of the, the pinnacle there. And then last year hit, right? Um, and most of what I would say is our sponsors, our supporters, our, our, our folks, they've either froze or pulled back all of their advertising, right? Sure. Uh, and not for nothing, but most pad co- podcasts are advertising driven, right? Right. So that was kind of rough. And so we looked at that and go, okay, you know, we, we made it, right? We made it towards the end, to the end of the year. We were, we were you know, solvent and we didn't have to go under. That was good. Um, and then, and then my buddy John calls me and it's like, Hey, you want to, you want to, you want to come on board. And quite frankly, after last year you could, and, and, you know, pushing 50 now, you, you look at two things. It's like, all right, how long, how, how much longer do I want to stress at night over making payroll or do I want to do what I'm good at? Right. I, right. I'm not bad at running a company, sure. but I'm better at making content. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So why not focus on your strengths and let somebody else, you know, handle the stuff you're not good at. That's that's awesome, yeah. you know. And when you go to these places and you travel, um, when you go to the show in Amsterdam or you go to Las Vegas, you go to all these tech shows, you're basically advertising everything that's there, right? Or, or mostly, you're the clients, or well, you bring people in, you do interviews mm-hmm. about technology at those shows, basically becoming, um, if not the expert, the guy who gets in touch with the experts, and then you broadcast it around the world. So you're like this. Um, you you hosted awards in London, mm-hmm. a black tie event. That's pretty quick, right? To go from this guy who's starting this company to now the voice of technology. Yeah, quick is a, is 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 fun. Uh, is funny because. Um, well, I, I say quick because it feels quick, right? Well, it, it, to you it might not be quick because no. you're going through these struggles. <laughs> But that's the top of the. I mean, you're you're up there to where I'm not. I, I, I appreciate that. I am. I I am. I'm not being self-deprecating. I'm I'm genuinely not the top of the heap, right? Uh, I I am a very appreciative of the listeners that we have, but I am also realistic in knowing that we are not the top, right? Uh, would I love to be the top? Absolutely, and I have goals to be the, the number one website for folks. But you have enough clients though to send you around the world, certainly <laughs> to yes. do these things yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 promote what yeah. AV is. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's a lot. It is to kind of digest, but very, very cool. Oh, it is. You know, I'm sitting learning. We talked about this ATEM video switcher. And um, once again, going back to content, I've done it on the radio for years, but content's content, you mm-hmm. just, the way you deliver it. And I'm looking at this stuff, and it's it's almost like a re-energizing thing. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's really cool. I want to be able to do that. You know, and I think you get, at least for me, it's not that I got stuck. I think we still gave students a good education. I think we put them in great opportunities to succeed. I think we did things well, but you get comfortable after a while because things are running so smoothly. Um, and even when things go down a little bit because you're losing listeners or whatever, it's still running smoothly and you're still doing a good job. But being um, forced to focus on something a little bit different because of what happened with the pandemic, it's it's kind of reinvigorating, right? It's like, oh, this is cool. And you know, I could say that to you or other co- colleagues we work with and like, 
yeah, that's kind of been around for a while. What's the big deal, right? Well, and what's what's fun is, and this is just me poking fun at you, that that company I'm going to go see in October, right? Uh, actually, twice I'm going to NAB for the first time. Um, so they'll be at NAB. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they'll be at Infocom, which is the the, the AV version of NAB. Uh, much smaller show, right? Uh, it's more in the commercial side. Sure. But but Black Magic will be there. Right? Yeah. Um, because they they see uh, a, a a need in the in the audiovisual space, but obviously also in the, in the broadcast space. But even something there, you know, in teaching students, building this right, going okay, let's take it to video. The thought was we could teach people how to do an audio podcast very very inexpensively, mm-hmm. right? You can get a USB microphone that doesn't cost very much. You've got a, most people have a, a, a PC, a laptop, or whatever. Um, you can show them free edio, uh, audio editing software. You can show them how to post it for free. Everything's easy. How are we going to turn around and do that to people we're teaching video podcasting to other than just using our studio? Well, a lot of people are doing that too, right? That are very, very cheap, either by doing it through Zoom or doing it with um, OBS or yep. something along those lines. So you say, how can we replicate what we're doing so that they then as students can go out and do on their own? Because with podcasting it's not necessarily working for a big conglomerate media person uh, that you need a job you can create this content and do it on your own so we wanted to train people to go to work for iHeartMedia but we also wanted them to have the tools to be able to create and distribute content on their own so how can we do that and have it be as flashy maybe it's not this room you know which cost x amount of dollars to make happen but I'm looking at video switchers now that you can get you know, anywhere from two ninety nine, three ninety nine, up to crazy prices, but a really, really solid one where you could do a bunch of graphics and eight inputs and um, you know isolate different cameras is twelve hundred bucks or so. Yep. I mean, that's crazy. Well, it's insane, and, and it's something that again, you know, twenty years ago would have cost you every bit of fifty thousand dollars, right, to do all those things that that thing does does now. And and part of that is technology, right? Um, part of that is is you and I both know that. Uh, what was it? The, the the Walkman just turned forty the other day, which is is slightly depressing. Um, but it, when, when it came out, right, it was it was remarkable. It was it was revolutionary, because suddenly you had this this ginormous boombox squished down into a little hand handheld sized device, and then obviously right. you know Steve Jobs and a thousand songs in your pocket. As time goes on, as technology advances, the, these things both number one they get smaller and they get cheaper, right? They they get less expensive. Uh, and then you can add features and, and functionality to them. The other thing is, is you have companies, uh, we mentioned TikTok, and, and YouTube certainly is, is in play there. Facebook is, is, is in play there. Amazon, quite frankly, is, is in play there as well because there's a creator uh, back up. Uh, what aren't they in play that. with? Yeah. Exactly, right? Um, but <clears throat> you, you have these outlets that are, and it sounds weird, starving for content Right, it's it's odd to say that Amazon or YouTube, anybody's starving, but they are. Sure. Right, because mm-hmm. it is a beast that can never be filled. It can never be full. Um, they're starving for content, and so they're giving you tools. Right, if you open up the the, the TikTok app, you have everything you need right there. Right, with the exception of maybe a green screen, will cost you between fifty and a hundred bucks for a right. good one. Right. Right. You can do everything else inside that app for that app and for that company. Right, YouTube's a little bit more more complex. Doing something beyond that, and then you get into the, the realm of the, the 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 distributed, you know, serial content, which is kind of what what podcast really is, whether it's video or audio. Sure. It's serialized. It's you know, and you you send it out on a on a more subscription basis. But yeah, 
you've got you know less expensive things that are more more technologically capable than what we had 20 years ago because there's a drive and there's a demand for it across the board right and i think the interesting part for students our potential students you know when i bring them in here and they talk on our radio certain things you can't say certain things you can't do i want you to talk at certain times you know can't say this can't say that now part of the reason why we 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 developed this room the way we did with tv monitors is one behind me one behind you changing logos out really easily i want students to be able to come in here and do a podcast on whatever they want in whatever format they want we'll teach them how to construct a show we'll teach them how to you know hit breaks and how long you can keep people's attention and all these different things right that will go into it and they can choose to do what they want to outside of that but create whatever content they want because you're not doing it under a, a CBS umbrella or an NBC umbrella or iHeart Media umbrella. You're doing it under your umbrella, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of distribution places out there where you can put it now to where it's not going to cost you anything to do, yeah. which is really really cool. I think. Well, and and um, I think without exception, all of this, the the guests you've had on here have all been students of mine as well. Um, they'll tell you that. Uh, one of the first things that, that I talk about in my production what, years ago when I, when I did production classes, um, I would say the FCC is the devil, right? The FCC <laughs> yeah. is, 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 the evil, is the evil empire here right. uh, because they're the one keeping you from saying certain things and doing certain things and they'll come after you. The beauty of, of, of the internet, the beauty of podcasting is there is no FCC, sure. right? Uh, the censor is you and your audience. Right. And understand that. Right. Right. This is not just you yammering. And, and, you know, if you want to curse like a sailor on your podcast, knock yourself out. Be my guest. One of my favorites is a guy by the name of Gary John Bishop. I'm not going to say the name of the podcast because it, you know, it needs to be censored. But it's a good it's a good podcast. Um, But it's also your your audience. Listen to your audience. Find out who, you know, uh, one of my favorite books is Simon Sinek. You start with why. Right. Well, I would also start with who. You know, why are you doing the podcast and who are you doing it for? Right. One of the things that, that you taught, and, and I also learned it through other radio um, uh, consultants, is find that avatar, find the person you're talking to and who you're talking to in your podcast, right? Because they're going to censor you as much as you're going to censor you. Because when they stop listening, for whatever reason, you got to figure out what that is and adjust your content. Right. And you having the AV Nation logo behind you, me having Lewis and Clark's logo behind me, it's their audience too, right? Absolutely. So, so that's going to, I'm doing this for, not for Lewis and Clark necessarily, but to highlight the program, mm-hmm. saying that it's coming from Lewis and Clark, well, that kind of changes what I say and do. Certainly. Right? We're going to have a conversation off there that we're not going to have with these logos behind <laughs> yes. us, right? We change those logos out, yeah. and it could be something different. I mean, we're doing this podcast. I've got podcasts I'm developing with other friends that Lewis and Clark will not want to be any part of, I'm sure. But that's kind of the beauty of, of being able to create content at a much cheaper price mm-hmm. and not needing a, a huge media company to help you distribute it. Yeah. Uh, well, they're huge, but it's not going to cost you. I mean, YouTube is huge and Facebook is huge, but you can do it anywhere, which is which is great. Yeah. And this is no revelation. People know. It. <laughs> um, let's go back to teaching. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Um, you were a student here. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn of the two thousand. Turn of nineteen ninety nine. I graduated. Right, so right. Right. So right before mm-hmm. turn of uh, the century. Long time ago. Um, and then it wasn't long till you were teaching here after, right? Six uh, months, a year, I maybe? think so, six months. Yeah, I think, I think I graduated probably in May, and then the, the first of the year probably is when I started. What was teaching like for you, and what do you take away from teaching? And I know what I do, and I think your answer is going to be similar, but uh, what was teaching like, and what did it mean to you? It meant everything. I, I, I freaking loved it. It was, 
I met some of the best um, young people who I'm still in contact with, right, uh, 20 years later. Um, I, I joke my, my, uh, my most prolific and uh, favorite and most talented student, I was probably in our, my first class, uh, who's no longer in radio now, but she's a podcaster in her own right. right. Um, and, uh, and and I say that somewhat You're talking jokingly. about Amanda. Amanda, yeah. uh, and I say that jo- somewhat jokingly because there's another gentleman uh, who was in that class, and, and we would you know it's kind of an inside joke for 20 years now. Uh, but we had some great ones, right? Some some great students. Um, but I've learned a ton, right? I mean, I come in with my own preconceived notions of media and of uh, ideas and what's good and what's you know, hip. Obviously, in the early 20s, I was uh, 2000s. I was still in my 20s and, and unmarried and so you know it was you know I was there and now I'm a dad and you know not hip anymore and I gave it up a long time ago um but you gave up give up being hip I gave up being hip um <laughs> but but they taught me right they, they would teach me right um not sure. only music but also you know just life in general you 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 connect with people on a very personal level if you do it right uh in the classroom and you're helping them trying to find their way and find their career and find what they're good at um, it was it was incredible, and, and I, I I value um, the the 10, 14, 10, 14 years fourteen years um, that I taught here. Um, wow, incredible people. Yeah. yeah, you know they run together now because I'm in twenty seven. They do. <laughs> so it's thinking that you taught here for fourteen years. Yeah. That's crazy. And that was seven years ago. Like I, I it was yeah. seven eight years ago. I stopped teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember a time where I thought, man, how am I going to replace Tim when he leaves? And luckily, because of you, because of former students, there was enough people, a pool of people to go to, to go, hey, I'm going to go to a former student. It seemed to work out pretty well with Tim, yeah. so let's go to a former student. And we did. You know, we brought in a, a guy named Mike Ryder who, who loved it, who is now a, you know, executive producer of 101 ESPN. Yeah. So, um, and then when he had to leave, we tapped into another former student to come do this. So uh, you're replaceable is basically what I'm saying. I am replaceable. No. Um, but yeah, isn't it nice though to see the students that you taught and the careers that they're having yeah. and to hear what they say about that. I did a podcast, um, um, I don't know, I guess it was Mike, with Mike Ryder, yep. where we did a whole segment about Tim Albright. <laughs> yes. Did you watch the whole video? Yes. Yeah. How cool did that feel though? Weird. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I tell folks that I'm, I'm an introvert by, by nature, um, and so that was a little uncomfortable, but it was very cool. It was It was... On one level, it was very satisfying, right? It was yeah. one of things where you go, you know what, I, 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 I screw up an awful lot in my life, but that's one of those where you go, okay, yeah, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mess that up. And you know, it was tough for me too. And a lot of these interviews, they'll they'll thank me or say they owe me all this or that, and I'm like, no, you know, it's hard to hear and hard to accept. You want to take it, you want to say, okay, thank you for saying that, and yeah. I appreciate it. Um, but it's it's kind of weird to hear. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good on the yeah. same sense. Mike said he and uh, um, another student, Tanner Hendrickson, who's over there, who just graduated last year, sit there and talked about how much they owed to Mike Lemons. And no, 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 you came here. We showed you the way. What you do with your career is your own. It's I mean, we just we kind of open the door and, and provide some some um, structure, I guess, to, to what you're eventually going to do. But your your career is your own. Mike Ryder career is his own. Those things happen. Well, and I understand it. So let me give you give you some perspective from somebody who's on both sides of this, right? I was your student and then also a teacher myself. I do owe a lot to you, right? And I, and I understand your sentiment because I feel that same sentiment when it comes to writer, when it comes to a number of other folks, right? Um, I'm just showing you stuff, right? I'm just kind of pointing the direction. I'm, I'm showing you the path and, and, 
and teaching you some tools. So that's all I did. You had right. the talent, you had the drive, you had sure. the, the grit to, to sit through the crap, right? Right. However, there are a number, in St. Louis alone, there are a number of communications and radio broadcasting programs, right? Um, and certainly in, in the U.S. there are a number. This program is drastically different in the fact that, that you have put a culture in place of not just learning, but learning and creating a job and, and, and teaching these, these young men and women what it's going to be like as close as possible to be in a working environment, to be in murderously close proximity to one another for two years, right? And we've got to work through conflicts and we've got to work through this and we got to, and showing them, you know what, this is not all, you know, roses and candy. There's going to be problems when you get out into the real world. Here's, th this is a lab on how to get through that. It's not just a lab on how to record, press record and edit, right? This is a lab on how to get into the next phase of your life and to continue to learn and to continue to build. So yeah, absolutely. Rut Ryder's built his 100% all on him and he's built it with his, his, you know, with, with his stuff. But you have laid the foundation and created an environment that he could foster that and that could be nurtured and grown. There we go again. See how I, see how I do it? I kind of uh, threw it out there to say I don't like being praised, but go ahead. <laughs> Don't stop! Don't. I came and do no, it. no, I get it. I get it too. And you, I think I learned that from uh, Sam Stem, who, who yeah. owns WBGZ. Yeah. He gave me my first opportunity in radio, and I'll never forget him for that. And when he retired, being the GM, he's still the owner. I went to a party and and um, talked with him, and that was nice. And sent him an email the next day saying, "Hey, it's not lost on me what you've done for me." And he was one of the first to say to me, "Hey, I just opened the door, and what you did, and you know, was great." And so. So, yeah, I'll take some credit, I guess. And that's what stinks so much about the pandemic for us. Mm -hmm. Students having to learn remotely, not being here, working together every day, yep. not going to concerts and doing college things, going to lunch between classes and all that was lost. So what's built this program, this culture that you talk about, the students for the last year and a half haven't gotten to experience, yeah. which kind of stinks. Oh, yeah, absolutely does. I knew this podcast would go longer than the others, but I'm sorry. still not done if that's okay. all right. Okay. No, it's not sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm wanting to hear what you have to say. It's just rolling along and uh, we'll find ways to, to edit. Um, but talk to you about your company and what you do. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the movement of uh, technology, talked about being a teacher. Now I want to hear about your time at Lewis and Clark. Not just what you learned and what I fostered, but what was the experience like for you? How much do you still use it? Uh, and give us a great funny story that's arable. I don't have any that are arable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you were here, here, let's just put it this way. Yeah. If you were here, if you graduated in 99, so you were here from 97 to 99, mm -hmm. those would have been my 28, 29, 30-year-old years. Okay. So I was a very young person running yeah. the program at the same time probably still learning a lot about what you can and can't do probably when it comes to um um friendships yes i guess with students and fraternizing <laughs> and fraternizing and understand i was i was probably what 22 23 when i when i started the program so i was on the on the more the, the older side um but the, the one thing that that i i don't know if it's it, it's not pride because i had nothing to do with it i just think it's cool that i was part of the biggest class that you ever had Yes. Right. That was mm -hmm. the largest class that you ever had. So big, in fact, that we had to we split up 
the, the, the classes that we took into sections because there was over, I think, 30 or 40 of us. Over, there were over 40 uh, students, yeah. Okay. So, First-year yeah. students, yeah. Uh, and so and, and some great friendships out of that, yeah. right? Still, you know, uh, in contact with a number of them. Kevin Bergoff over at 198, you know, is, was part of that class. Jeff Bidos. Jeff Bidos was part of that class. Yeah. Uh, but you, 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 even the folks that are out, outside of the, the industry now, um, you've got Monica Herzog, who works at, at SIU now, and that she came through that, went with Vitos up to up to Western and got her degree. Right, sure. it, there was all kinds of really great folks, um, and uh, you know Clint um, Clint uh, Hargrave and, and Jeremy Hall, who went to Springfield uh, in in, spring, in, mm-hmm. in radio for a number of years. Uh, so some really great folks. Um, my time here was uh, because I was on the older side, it, and I felt like one of the older ones. Right, sure. it was. Me and Berghoff was a little bit older, and um, uh, Brian uh, was a little bit on the older side as well. And so it, it felt a little odd kind of that first semester trying to figuring out where you, we all kind of landed. And, and you know this, but between the first and second semester, there's a little bit of fall off with some folks. And once that happened, the rest of us kind of congealed, right? right. And mm-hmm. you, were just, you were it didn't matter if they were 18 or, or 25 at that point. We all just kind of hung out. And it was great. It was a, it was a wonderful time, but it was, it was that community. It was that, that coming together on a daily basis, uh, weekly basis, because a lot of us worked, uh, you know, we worked jobs. We also worked, you know, radio shifts on the weekends. And so we'd see each other here in the station. Plus we had homework, right? So, you know, production homework and this, that, and the other. And so we were here physically in this, in, the, in this building, in these rooms for, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours a week. Sure. Yeah. So that was kind of cool, right? It was, it was, a, it was a, almost like a pressure cooker for two years that really did kind of teach us, um, you know, how this is going to work. And the competition um, and driving each other absolutely. to be better. And yeah. Like for, yeah what, it was one of the things, um, one of the awards, right? The Air Awards. This is right. back when, when the Air Awards was. Right. Yeah. And one of the first awards that, that you got was during that time. Uh, uh, Louis Menestes, right, right was, was our music director at the time. And so being able and being a part of that, I think, was, was very cool. Yeah. Um, and actually, the, 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 the funniest story actually isn't when I was a student. It was like kind of the year after when I was teaching. You were doing a, uh, a remote at McPike Mansion, uh, and I was helping out. I got a new single. I was in my 20s and stuff like that. And um, I, I, you were outside, and I was in that. If you're looking, if you've ever been to the McPike Mansion, you're looking at the front of the building, and on the right-hand side, there's this parlor, this grand room that's got like 20 foot ceilings and it's all plaster and and it's you know it's at night because it's you know it's halloween and spooky because it's a freaking haunted house and i'm sitting in there helping engineer something and me and like three or four other other kids are in this front room and suddenly the generator shut down and the lights went off in a haunted house (laughs) at night yeah and I, I'm not that superstitious of a person, but I swear to you, something touched me somewhere up. It's like, yes, yeah, so, yeah, something yeah. happened, right? And some girl screamed and this, that, and the other. And like a second later, the lights came back on, and I left. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm good. You're, you're, I'm out, right? I'm, I'll do whatever you want to do, but I'm not going back in there. Batteries draining unexpectedly. I don't know what the heck it was, yeah, there was but it was of, something. There was some crazy stuff going on. For yeah. Sure. So, but no, it was, it, it's, it's, you know, th- this program has been um, a, you know, I, I will always point back to it, always point back to the, the friendships that we have uh, and that we maintain, um, you know, it, it's been very, very cool to watch, um, you know, the folks that came before me, the folks that come after me uh, and just kind of see where they, where they go. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I am very proud of, in addition to the students and their success and what they've done, 
and being a part of that is you talked about your class being the largest class. You know, I started at this program teaching at 25. I was running it by 26 and, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of whatever. And it's just a lot of hard work to get it to where it was and to attract that amount of people and to win the awards over the years and really become um, a well-known college station in the St. Louis market. It was a lot of hard work uh, that I put in, but having the students around me to help make it successful. Those air awards you talk about, music we were playing, the production that was being done was miles ahead of anyone else, miles ahead of any of our uh, competitors in, in um college radio yeah so um the students have helped build it so that's that's pretty fantastic too tim i tell you what man this has been a lot of fun i appreciate you coming in studio because we do a lot of these remotely to kind of show off how we can do it remotely but having you in studio has been a lot of fun so i appreciate you coming in thank you sir so that's the edition of the air check that was tim albright uh, join us uh again soon for another edition of the air check